two. If you're white, you're a racist. If you're male, you're a pig. If you're cis, you are privileged. Skin is shaving if you're big. And if you're straight, you're homophobic. Heaven help if you're wrong. Some don't have an opinion. And just do what you're told. All right, well, welcome to the Cranky Old Bastard, coming to you direct from the Brewery Overlook. My name is John Overall, and with me is my co-host, the... Cranky Old Bastard! Hey, and we're here for a great show for you today, and this is episode 18, after a four-year hiatus from doing the Cranky Old Bastard podcast. And yes, we're going to bring it back to you on a weekly basis that is guaranteed to piss you off in no uncertain way. We will be bringing the most wonderful most PC incorrect topics that we can find on the fucking planet today. And guaranteed, just by you heard in that first sentence there, it is definitely labeled not safe for work. So fuck off and fuck you. And here's the cranky old best. Salam alaikum. There we go. Now we're <laughs> off. I don't know where are we going to start here today, you old bastard. We are going to go down several rabbit holes today. We're just going to have an endless supply of crap. Well, first of all, let me start by saying my heart goes out to the people of London, England. That's my hometown. I was born there after the latest terrorist attacks. But, you know, it's getting kind of pissed off, or I'm getting pissed off, rather, that anytime something bad happens in the world... Everybody wants to blame Muslims. You cannot lump all Muslims in with ISIS, just like you cannot, as much as I'd like to, lump all Christians in with the KKK. So, my heart goes out to the people in Manchester and the people in London. Lots of shit going on there. Fuck, the IRA could set off a bomb there, and ISIS would take credit for it. Other than that, uh, let's see, what else have we got? Um, All right, well, let's start with the top here. We'll start with uh, the article here that we've got curated up and ready to go called 13 Sneaky Ways to Turn Your Man into a Feminist. Let's start down the feminist hole. Whee! Depends which hole. And when they say wrong hole, you say, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) They just weren't expecting it in that hole. Yeah, well, you just never know where you're going to end up. Hey, do you know why blonde guys, why blonde chicks have large belly buttons? I have no idea. Blonde boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. All right. So, as you'll notice, the Cranky Old Bastard is going to come to you in two forms. One form will be the audio podcast, which goes up on the website. The other form is our newfound YouTube channel. This being the first episode that'll be up there. And what we're doing with that is we have a screencast, and you can look at my beautiful, gorgeous mug the entire time while perusing what's on there, too. And just remember that ugly fuck that you're seeing is not the cranky old bastard. I'm just too fucking good looking that if I was to appear on camera, women would be throwing their panties at me or mailing them to me. If he hit the camera, it would break. Let's face it. Because I'm so fucking handsome. Unlike you, motherfucker. At least I'm getting laid. Fuck you. Okay. Let's start down this one here. 13 sneaky ways to turn your man into a feminist. If your man has not already sold his soul to try and get into your pants or given his balls to you entirely and is already a so-called feminist, well, you can read this article here and learn how to do it. 
Number one, the easiest way. No, is number 13. Number 13. Sorry, Learn to right. count. Fucking Americans. No, number one from the top of the list. So I got 13 from 13 to one. All right. Fuck you. Have a simple discussion about feminism. Yes. There's no such fucking thing. That's true. That's you, true. You open up that can of worms and you just like say, honey, cut off my nuts right now, okay? Usually the easiest way to turn your guy into a feminist is to simply have a basic discussion about it. Most men think that a feminist is some angry woman who wants to lop off a guy's peewee. <laughs> Far from it. God, gotta read these things sometimes. Give him the basic definition of feminism. Equal rights for men <clears throat> and women. That's it. Equal rights for all people is something we should all be able to agree on. If this is something that he can't agree on, the hope of making him into a feminist may well be tossed out the window. Although it's extremely rare to find someone who believes a certain group of people are better than others based on their genitals. Well, okay. Let's deal with this one first, okay? Yes, I agree with equal rights for both sexes. But that doesn't make me a feminist. That makes me a humanist. That's pretty much it. Unlike you, you know, you, you know what you call sex with four people? A four-way? No, it's a foursome. <laughs> sex with two other people is a... Oh, that would be a two-way, wouldn't it? No, that would oh, be a three-way three way or a threesome. Just, I'm missing this entire And a, a sex with a couple is a... There's coupling. a theme here. It's I a think, No, it, it's a twosome. Oh. And I guess that's why they call you handsome. That's why. <laughs> handsome doesn't always equate for anything. What can I say? Okay, number 12. All right, you can call him out on his sexist comments. Man. How would they know what a sexist comment is unless we tell them? Well, it's true, you know, but... <laughs> The thing is, is like, what is a sexist comment? One person's sexist comment is another person's cruel joke. So that one's kind of pointless, I think. Feminism is a cruel joke. No, that's a, it's a cancer. Um, <laughs> if your guy makes a sexist comment, call him out on it. For example, if he makes a comment about a woman's breasts and how she got her job by showing them off. Tell him he's probably right. That's true. Have him reevaluate his statement. Maybe and then he'll know he's right. Job because she knows what a BJ is. <laughs> you never know. Anyway, perhaps it was the only one. Perhaps she was the only one qualified to accomplish it. Anyway, on the flip side, nah, fuck, I can't even read the rest of this crap. On the flip side, if a man gave her a job because of the size of her boobs, what is it that's saying about the man? It sounds like he's got a great taste in tits. <laughs> sounds like the guy is as dumb on as dumb one in that situation. <laughs> no. He's hoping to motivate those tits. Is that what it's saying? Okay. Like. <laughs> anyway, it sounds like the. Okay. Um, and the woman is playing it smart, using what she has to get what she wanted. Okay. Here we go with the double fucking standards. If she gets hired because she shows off her tits, the guy's a sexist pig, but she's not a slut. True. No. According to the way the feminists work. The way that this no. reads is if she shows off her tits, she got it because she's being smart, not because she's a slut. Yeah. No, she she got it because the guy liked her tits and she was leading him on and, you know, saying, hey, you hire me, you can have these. No, if you want the job, fucking dress for the job you want. Don't care if you're male, female, fucking whatever you want. If you self-identify as a fucking dog, you dress for the job you want. Put a leash on and a collar. Yeah. Manly men are feminists. We're men. Manly men. We're men in tight, tight, tight. Anyways. Only men can be feminists. It takes a strong man to be a feminist. 
to back against what the news outlets say feminists are and to stand proudly along with women for equal rights. Appeal to man's manly side, his ego. Only the strong men can face society and announce that they are feminists. He can do it too. I bet you guy is stronger than he thinks he is. On the other hand, if a guy has a rebellious streak in him, feminism is perfect for him. No. Um, no. Yeah, okay. You know what I say to that? No. Yeah, that's about right. Yep. All right. Number so, 10. Show him what it's like being a woman online. This is a really great uh, graphic they got here. Graphic is, why are you on Tinder if you're a feminist? Why are you suggesting that casual sex and respect for women are mutually exclusive? Mm, they're not. No, they're not. The women I sleep with, I have a lot of respect for them. Oh, absolutely. And you know you what? call them back sometimes. I do. And, okay, I've got... Depends on how good they in, are. In my past, I've got... Lawyers, I've got cops, I've got paralegals, I've got a female firefighter in my past. You know, I've also got some fucking bimbos in my past. They're the ones I regret. You want to attract a man, be smart. Okay? Don't fucking humiliate him. Don't call him a sexist pig. Don't belittle him. And he won't belittle you. Treat people with the same fucking respect that you want to get. Next. Women will love him for it. And just think of how much they're going to love him. I don't have them up. We need, the, we need the pictures of what the feminist males look like this time. Oh, they, yeah. They, they really well, the, the, look... Uh, and, okay, you know, just because you agree with equal rights and the, the whole feminist agenda, and I use that word very... Very loosely? Very loosely, yes. <laughs> the agenda. Well, no, because they do have an agenda. Oh, I absolutely they have an agenda. But, you know, just because you agree with human rights doesn't mean that you're a feminist. But because you're a feminist doesn't mean that you're anti-women either. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a feminist. I agree with equal rights. As I said, I'm a humanist. Yeah. Except for Americans, okay? Americans need to all be, be like lined up and shot, so... Not all of them. There's a few of them that are decent. One or two, yeah. Like Uncle Donald. <laughs> I'll let you figure out where he sits. Uncle Donald. Yay for Uncle Donald. Ask, oh, I okay. vote for him. Number eight. Ask him to volunteer at a women's crisis center. Do they let men volunteer no. at a women's crisis center? I mean, no. Seriously. Fuck no. And do you ever notice... I thought there, that one was a bullshit line when I saw that. There is... Shelters for battered women, but no shelters for battered men. Actually, there is one shelter in North America for battered men. Of the 2,500 that are available for women. And there we go. Let's rock it out here. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. We are, we are rocking it, folks. Time to turn of course. the off. I mean, you you look at uh, Led Zeppelin. I mean, fuck. They, they were all for equal rights. Why but they banged they everything in sight. Why wouldn't they be for equal rights, man? Yeah. All right, so we know that one's pretty much bullshit because uh, let a man go down to a woman's uh, crisis center and try to volunteer. They'll tell him to hit the skids fast. Yeah, but, you know, there's one shelter in all of North America for battered men. That's it, one. And, I mean, fuck off, okay? You, if you want equal rights, then open up 
battered men's shelters. Don't humiliate guys who go to the police and saying, They're my deep. wife kicked the shit out of me or my wife raped me. That's right. They, they need to recognize the fact that men face not as much abuses of women, but they still face. I'm going to disagree with you there. Men face it more, but it go, gets reported less. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. It, it does get reported less because... Well, it absolutely gets you, reported less because you go if a man to, reports it, they don't treat him like a man. They, you, they treat him like... They humiliate him. They humiliate him. Man up, dude. Yeah, and you, if any guy out there goes into the place and says, my wife's beating the shit out of me, well... Just stop her. You're a guy. You're a big guy. Yeah, well, the thing is, though, if he tries to stop her and she so much as breaks a fingernail, they're going to arrest him. Yeah, and I've been on this. You know, my second wife used to beat the shit out of me daily, and I was brought up that you never, ever fucking hit a woman unless it's consensual, you know, like a little slap and tickle. Yeah. But, you know, my doctor documented everything. When I went... And told my lawyer about it. He said, this is great. When he presented it to a female judge, she said, bullshit. I don't believe that happened. Yeah. Well, that happens quite regularly to men, unfortunately. Yep. Okay. Number seven. Be an example of feminism. If you want your boyfriend to understand what a feminist is, then lead by example. Refrain from being one of those loud and hateful women when it comes to your views. As a feminist, you believe in the equals equals rights the fuck the equal rights of all people regardless of gender this also means that women can be wrong just as equally as men can be wrong if you want your man to understand feminism show him you can see both sides to every situation don't always take the woman's side because of her gender that's not feminism approach all topics rationally and discuss situations with your man without getting angry or frustrated yeah. Show him feminist articles written by men. Oh, those have got to be the best ones in the world. Yeah. I, there's something that I'm looking for right now. It's an article I read about why you should not call people cisgendered. You know what a cisgendered is? Um, that's the new definition by the social justice warriors who are blaming all white, single, straight, or white, straight males for all the problems on the planet. Yeah, but what they don't take into consideration is... Something like that. Well, they, they say white male who identifies as male. That's all they say. What they don't take into consideration is white males who... Identify as gay. Who, what about the black males who identify as, as male? Aren't they cisgendered? I don't know. Um, but it, apparently, and you know, no matter what, because we're white and male, we're privileged. Yeah, I'd like to know where my privilege is. <laughs> so would I. Grew up in the neighborhood I did. You'll find out a fuck of a lot about uh, privilege. Yeah. Anyways. Expose him to feminist organizations for men. And you know what? The... Oh, Guys so, that are attracted to these feminist organizations are usually just trying to get, get into laid. feminist pants. Yeah. They and, are the epitome. You ever notice that when when someone accuses someone of something or points fingers saying someone else is something, they're usually that problem? Mm -hmm. Usually. It works out you that preach way. Preach it to the choir, often, brother. Preach it to the choir. happens a lot. So this is like, those kind of organizations usually attract the wrong kind of men. The ones that are pretending to do something. The ones that are basically screwing people over. And this is the only category of a men's group that they won't fucking attack. That's true. 
because it's a feminist organization for men. Yes, so they'll they'll allow that one. But what happens if the men want to create a men's organization for men? Oh, wait a minute. Those exist, but the feminists are always screaming against them. Yep, because we can't have anything nice. And this is why we can't have anything nice. (laughs) Okay, don't be pushy. Okay, women, please pay attention. Don't be pushy. Don't be pushy. Enough said of that. Oh, wait, you got to hear this, though. Oh. Let's pretend you are one religion and your boyfriend is another religion. Would you like it if he tried to push his religion onto you? Would you feel if he told you that his religion was the only right and true religion, you would probably get angry, right? Approach the subject of feminism in the same way. Therefore, defining feminism as a religion. <laughs> I love that part. Which is a crock of shit. Yeah, well. All religions are a crock of shit. Well, yeah, but still. E- except Islam. <laughs> well, that was a crock of shit, too. It, they all are. They all are. That's why I don't believe in anything except my lucky astrology mood watch. Thank you, Steve Martin. Let's talk money, but yet they bring up a picture from the 1910. 1910? Well, look at the fucking horse and carriage in the background, and this is the... Uh, I'd say the early 20s. No, man. This is the early 1900s, man. Early 1900s. This was the era of the, uh, what the hell did they call them, women that uh, were... Suffragettes. Suffragettes. This is the suffragette era. This is what this is from. You know what the funny thing is about suffragettes? Do you know they were all rich, bored, white women Mm -hmm. that did that? And it wasn't about women's rights so much as or about voting rights for women it was about their voting rights because their husbands owned property and they wanted to get their hands on that property yep that's what it was more about than anything else but then again that that you know for all the guys out there i i'd like to just sing a quick part of my favorite hymn Shall we gather at the whorehouse the beautiful the beautiful whorehouse anyways <laughs> Number right. two, he already is a feminist. And they've got a picture of the Dalai Lama. I call myself a feminist. Isn't that what you call someone who fights for women's rights? No, you call him a fucking humanist, you stupid fuck. Mm. I had a lot of respect for him at one point. Mm. You call that person a humorist. Equal rights. Equal being the operative word here, folks. If you can have women-only gyms, you can have women-only screenings of movies, then we should be able to have men-only gyms and men-only screenings of movies. Well, they used to have that. They were called porno theaters. (laughs) (laughs) Except the occasional woman would sneak in there for her own own pleasure. Ask your man if he believes in equal rights for men and women. If he says yes, let him know that he's a feminist. No, he's not. He's a fucking humanist. And I'll bet you this was written by a fucking feminist, wasn't it? Oh, probably. Um, he might not like the word, but that's exactly what he is. He doesn't have a choice in the matter unless he wants to start believing that men are better than women. At certain things they are. And women are better at men than men at certain things. Have you ever seen a guy give birth? Uh, have you ever, had, you ever known a guy who gave birth to a kidney stone? I hear they're worse than giving birth. I've had kidney stones. You pass one? Yep. Oh, so you gave birth. <laughs> No, I wouldn't say that. I and I don't want to de- delineate or I, I make it any. I less. don't know this by fact, personal experience. What I was doing was I was reading an article. I came across some articles on it. I should have saved those ones somewhere, but it was one discussing the fact that even women who've given birth and then passed kidney stones said the kidney stone was worse than giving birth. Do you know why? 
because, because afterwards you don't hold a nine pound eight ounce kidney stone. It <laughs> looks at you and goes, ah, cause I'm yeah, it doesn't, blah, doesn't blah. suddenly induce a mass amounts of oxytocin into your body. Exactly. To, to dump it out, but still. But you know the what? Point I'm you, getting at you know the here. bad thing. Do you know the bad thing about kidney stones? Hmm. Is if you pass them when you're jerking off, you can shoot the dog. <laughs> All right. Okay. Flip All it right, around. Final one. Flip it around to father's rights. <laughs> yeah, fathers have no fucking rights. Um, for the most part, no, unless you are a fortunate father who happened to separate from a woman who actually agrees with everything on you. So that happens. Very mm. rare, but it does happen. Can you prove it? I, oh, want, I want a single documented case. I have my own documented case. <laughs> My own documented case, and I'm not going to get into my personal life, but my own documented case shows that I that I, when I separated from my wife of the time, she agreed to everything. Okay, so the next link that we've got. All right, where are we going to go? We're going to go somewhere else here. Hold on, half a second here. Let's only. Okay. Right. Here we go, folks. We're going to go down into some really strange <laughs> rabbit hole here. We're going to dive into the Rebel Circus website. All right, bastard, That's take it away. RebelCircus.com. Great website. I love it. And they've got this blog. And some of the stories on this blog, you'd swear, are too untrue, too unbelievable to be true. Oh, yeah. Like I saw it. this I one. I thought it was another fucking onion. Crab bites women's, woman's vagina after mistaking it for an oyster. A 28-year-old woman was tanning nude on a beach with friends when a confused grab crab bit her vagina. Must be Trump, a Trump crab. <laughs> Mistaking it for an oyster. The incident which occurred on a Singapore beach left a woman with a laceration on her vagina. Read on below. So, a marine biologist believes that the crab bit the unsuspected woman's vagina at Changi Beach because it believed it to be an oyster. No, it was a Trump crab. The crab was most likely a horn-eyed ghost crab, which eats oysters, part of its daily food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the best part down near the bottom. Worried that the crab's pinchers were poisonous, the women took turns sucking possible poison out of the wound. <laughs> we weren't sure oh, is that, that what they call crab. it? We weren't sure if that type of crab was poisonous, but just to be on the safe side, we thought we'd better clean the wound. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that, that. Yeah, sure. That's what they're calling. Oh no, no, no! There's still poison. There's still poison. Oh God, God, God! There's still poison. Don't stop. There's still poison. Yeah, yeah, okay. Luckily, the wound was treated in time, and the woman is expected to make a full recovery. There shouldn't be. There should be minimal scarring in the area as well. In fact, she was pretty lucky due to the injury's location on her body. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just sounds like a weird fucking kink to me, and I I'm a kinky bastard, but yeah. that's just like oh yeah, that one's great. Oh. Although it sounds odd that the crab would mistake a woman's vagina for an oyster, a leading marine biologist explained why the idea is not that outrageous. In many ways, both in visual appearance and smell, the female genitals are similar to oysters and other mollusks. He says. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like oysters so much. Two words. Douche, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and honestly, folks, you can find this on rebelcircus.com. You go down to the bottom, you click on their blog, and you just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see this story. 
We can't. We cannot make this shit up. Okay. Oh, we can make this shit up, but we don't need to. We have the internet to yeah. it for us. And if you see it on the internet, it must be true. Oh, absolutely. Everything we show you is one hundred percent true. So. <laughs> no, 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 no gray areas here. It's okay. I'm a redhead. I'm fucking very fair skinned. I am not going on a beach naked, okay? Because the crippler would end up being like bacon. Mm. Okay, it was just like sizzle and fry, and no way. Uh uh. You know, it always shrivels up. Yeah. Cold water is very good for women. It's not very kind to men. Mm. Nope, nope, not in the least. Uh, All right. Okay. All right, rolling on forward to the next stage of what we're going to do. And this picture leads us right into the perfect, it's a perfect segue, you know, because we're going to menprovement.com. Okay, Building Better Men. And they've got this wonderful article of the 100 best ass pictures. So we're going to rate them on a scale of 1 to 10. That being the Budweiser scale of 1 to 10. How many Clydesdales it would take to draw me, draw them off my face? Okay. Number one. Hang on, buddy. I got to get those things up on my screen. Oh, Jesus Christ. I sent you the link. You did send me the link, and I just didn't uh, forgot that I had that link. Okay, here it comes. Loading it up. All right. The 100 best ass pictures on the web. Period. period. As long as they're not on there, period. <laughs> okay. So, we'll let you read the article for itself. We don't care about the article. We the just article? care about the asses. There's words here? Oh, my God. What the fuck wrong? Yeah. All right. Number one. Okay. Chapter one. So, first picture, two very nice asses. Yeah, they're not too bad. And the, the writer of this article says, Wow, what a way to start. These girls are just ridiculous. My vote goes to the one on the right. I wouldn't kick either one of them off my face. And I give them both a six yeah. on the Budweiser scale. How about you? Sure, six is about, nah, I might give them a seven. Uh, seven Clyde sales to draw, drag them off your face. Okay. You Number two, hello, oh, nurse. Boss, yes. You know what those things were designed for? So you can floss after you eat. <laughs> Dental floss thongs for the win. Yeah, see? Absolutely. And her, her I would give a, not on a scale of 1 to 10, more like a 12. Well, well, I might push her up to 8 or 9. Okay, then number three. I love women who are physically oh, fit. look at the tiger. tiger I'm not worried tiger. about the tiger. That is the perfect heart-shaped ass. Like, it's nice and firm. There you go. We're not going through all 100 of these bastards. No. We'll just scroll down quickly. quickly. Oh, number four is nice. Oh, very oh. nice. That one's sweet. Number five. Already. Number five? Yeah, okay. That's a really where, wide one, man. Where women should be on their knees, you know? Yeah. Number six. Ooh. Uh, nice. Well, we get one ass. You know, you, know what that, you know what that ass is missing? Mm. My teeth marks. <laughs> number seven. Yeah, how was that? The, I don't know who it is. Alestra Ambrosio. Ambrosio. Yeah. Uh, Alessandra. I, I don't know. It, Ambrosio. Must be to me, that's seven. kind of a small ass. It is a small one. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's small. And number eight. Ooh. Hello, nurse. That one needs my handprint across it. Mm. Jesus Christ. Okay, that's right. that's number nine's got a hell of a gap between her ass. Serious thigh gap. Man. Yeah. Wow, did they Photoshop that one in? Probably. That's like that's like an awful. <laughs> Sometimes you see those thigh gaps, you look at them, but there's just no way. Yes. I I like the comment on, on it. Mind the gap. Mind the gap, man. Mind the gap. And you could jump through that gap easily. Yep. 
All right, let's see what we got. <laughs> okay. We'll go to page... I'm on page two, because yeah, I want to check this out. Hello. Number 12 is nice. Waiting for it to load. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ, your computer takes a long time. Well, that's because of doing all the work over here, man. Oh. It's doing all the recording, everything else. Just admit it, my dick's bigger than yours. Yeah, fuck you. That one's a little jiggly. Number 13. Quite nice. Yeah, let's jump to 13. There we go. 13. Ooh, that one's sweet. I like that. Yes. It's got a nice little hand scoop for it. Yep. Perfect. Wait till scoop. you see 14. Mm, that one's a bit <laughs> bubbly. How, oh, 15. 15's got the perfect gift going. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> Number one. But it should be me slapping that ass. Yeah. Uh, 16, that is kind of, that looks like it's been photoshopped or implants. Yeah, that one's sort of artificial. That doesn't belong yeah. on that woman. It's out of balance with her boobs. Oh, 17. Hello. Well, that's good. Now that, I could stare at for hours. Yeah. Well, you know, you could always you know, be like Idiocracy and look at the movie, ass. <laughs> yeah. For 90 minutes. Just a big ass. <laughs> okay, next page. 20's nice, but we're going to skip to the next page. Alright, we'll skip. 21's nice. Hell, 22's like a full fucking screen. Oh, look. She's got a little tattoo on her ass. Hmm, sweet. Oh, 23. Now that is incredibly sexy, that shot. That is a very sexy shot. 24. Well... Not too bad. No, not too bad. In the right position. Mm-hmm. Ready, aim, uh, fire. Well, okay. That a little big. 25 is big. But, 26 small. We went from uh, big to small. Yeah. You know what What you should have be, what we should have playing in the background? Mm. I like big butts and cannot lie. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think that creates all kinds of trouble. Little, little shout out to Sir Mix-a-Lot there. No photos. Well, too late. Mm. You already got it. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, about wraps that up. Yeah. I, there, there, I mean, there's more pages, but... There's lots and lots of pages of I mean, no, beautiful asses. Nobody wants to listen to us staring at pictures of asses all night, so... No, 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 no. Just for a few minutes. So we're pretty much done. Let's roll it down and see if we can find Ooh. one. Oh, nice hang page. on. No, you got to go to 32. 32. 32. 32. Let's see. 32. That's it. All right. We'll finalize on this one. Yes. This 32. All right. That's a featured Mrs. Cranky Old Bastard. All right. Well, okay. Let's so. uh, wrap this up for a second. Okay, so we will move ourselves on out of here with just a little bit of kink to take us on our way to Is There a Neo? All right, here we go. Let's talk about this a little bit here. And first, uh, use of copyrighted content throughout this entire show is protected for purposes of commentary, satire, parody, and education under the fair use doctrine of the United States copyright law. Meaning that that's exactly what we're doing here with this crap, folks. We're using it for comedy, parody, satire, and commenting on what these people have to say. So as we go through this shit, fuck you. No DCMA requests here. All right, so let's roll this forward for 36 stupid feminist questions answered. Off we go. Yeah! Good morning. Music in the background. What's that? Oh, wait a sec. We're supposed to pause that so we can read those little bits in the beginning. Let's roll that back. One more forward here. Oops, back up. There we go. Oh, damn it. They need to, they need to 
second rewind button on YouTube. There we go. On January 25th, 2016, BuzzFeed Yellow uploaded a video titled 36 Questions Women Have for Men. They aren't really questions so much as they are rhetorical statements, but I'm going to answer them anyways. And not me, but the gentleman who did this video. And we're going to throw in our bits of pieces of response to it. Rolling. All right, so, and as he said, our pearls of wisdom. Off we go. How does it feel to be the same sex as Donald Trump? There you go. How does it feel to be the same sex as Donald Trump? Don't lump me in with that fucking son of a bitch, okay? He's not a man. He's a dickless wonder. <laughs> so, you see, there's the problem. All right, but let's take it away. How does it feel to be the same sex as Sarah Palin? How does it feel to be the same sex as Michelle Bachman? How does it feel to be the same sex as anybody you disagree with? Why does it even matter whether or not I'm the same gender as somebody else? I mean, I'm also the same gender as Abraham Lincoln Einstein and the guy who introduced chocolate to the Western world. So what are you even getting at with this question? Are you trying to say Donald Trump is bad and Donald Trump is a man, therefore men are bad? Why do you hate rom-coms? Or do you just feel like you need to hate them? Every Rom-coms? Everyone loves comedies. Rom -coms. Oh, yes, yeah, let's cut our nuts off. Yes, all right, off we go. Everybody likes The Notebook. Everybody likes Beyonce. It's just a fact. Men hate romantic comedies for the same reason you hate video games with over-sexualized female characters. The men in these movies are always willing to sacrifice their careers, their dreams, and even their lives to win the lead female's affection. Now, I don't have any empirical data to back this up, but it seems to me that romantic comedies and romance movies in general cause women to have unrealistic expectations of men and what love should be like, and these become the expectations that men have to live up to, and it's unfair. Feminists like to bitch about poor representation of women in media intended for men because they promote body image issues and shit like that, and I agree to at least an extent, but it's not any better for men when we're expected to be Prince Charming, ready and willing to sacrifice ourselves physically, mentally, and emotionally, and we're called selfish for daring to have our own desires, or even misogynistic for daring to draw attention to our own problems. These movies appeal to the female fantasy of having a knight in shining armor swear their entire existence to pleasing them, and thus reinforce these notions within their target audience of women like you that you somehow deserve and should expect to have your boyfriends and husbands give up everything that makes them who they are, and basically dehumanize themselves for your pleasure, and devote 100% of their time and energy to you. The fact that some of you watching this are scoffing at what I just said only proves my point. You have fooled yourselves into thinking that I'm somehow the one who's being selfish when I object to the notion that men should be expected to cave into all of your demands for the sake of your perverted, idealistic conception of love. And I have no doubts that some of you will accuse me of being bitter at some ex-girlfriend for saying that, but I'm not, and I will preemptively characterize such an argument as an outcropping of the very mentality that I'm talking about. You expect all of your demands to be catered to, and any man who is unwilling or unable to cater to them must have something wrong with them. Us men are human beings with our own interests and goals, and it's selfish for you to expect us to give all that up for you. But these movies condition you to expect exactly that. And that is why we hate romantic comedies. We don't see anything romantic about them. What we see is the reinforcement of unfair and unreasonable expectations about what we should be doing with our own lives. Also, fuck Beyonce. Why do you make women sit around and okay, talk well, about men? Let's deal with that one. Most women don't want a man in a knight in shining armor. They want a man whose armor is being dented, battered, bruised, is filthy. Someone who's been through the battles and has got the scars to prove for it. And what I've got to say about the whole, oh, I, I love my knight in shining armor, love, 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 is exactly this. Love stinks. Love stinks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah! Thank you, Jay Giles. 
Oh, yes. All right. Well, let's roll it forward. <laughs> Why do you make women sit around and talk about men in movies when y'all easily just sit around and talk about boobs for hours? One, I don't know. Maybe you should be asking the people who write the romantic comedies you like so much. Because those in the movies which have women sitting around talking about men. Or better yet, instead of complaining about how writers depict women in their movies, maybe you should try being the change you want to see and write your own damn movie. Then you can make the female characters sit around and talk about whatever you want. Like how men are oppressing them, or how men are objectifying them, or how men are such pigs, or how men spread their legs too far apart on the subway, or how men hate romantic comedies. There's nothing stopping you. 2. You're referring to the Bechdel test, which is bullshit. All of the Twilight movies pass the Bechdel test, but I think you'd hesitate to call any of those movies pro-feminist. 3. I don't know a single- The Bechdel test. You know what the Bechdel test is, right? Some, uh, chick invented test to make sure it's feminist enough for them? It is actually a chick-invented test that makes sure it's feminist enough for them. I actually had to go look that one up because I didn't know what the fuck the Bechtel test was. But now that I know what it is, it is a test that is applied to all movies to determine whether <clears throat> it is portraying females correctly. And it must meet three criteria. Number one criteria, it must have two female characters. Number two criteria, the two female characters must talk to each other, meet each other, and talk to each other about something other than a guy. And I forget what the third one is. So, at any yeah. rate... They must both not be PMSing? They must both not be PMSing. Some of my best movies. My favorite movies, most of them do not meet the Bechtel test. Yeehaw! Guy who ever talks about boobs for hours at a time. I, I think know, Do you talk about boobs for hours at a time? I don't. I talk about them bits and pieces here and there, but not for well, hours at a time. I, admit, I love to talk about tits. I love to motorboat tits. Well, I love tits, too. Every, what, what guy doesn't love tits? I mean, come on. But you know what? We're, we're, Secretly, guys love to have their nipples sucked, too. Oh, yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> Remember that, women. Yes. For whatever if you're women still listening. are listening to this. <laughs> you know what guys who do are medical students learning how to conduct mammograms. You want to know what most of the men I know talk about? Movies, video games, politics, religion, music, sports, cars, boats, technology, work, guns, hunting, places they've been to, people they've met, and so on. The subject of boobs actually rarely ever comes up. Contrary to what you may have been told in your women's studies class, men don't think about sex constantly. If we did, we would never have invented the camera equipment you used to make this video. 4. If anybody is talking about boobs for hours at a time, it's feminists. You're the ones who are always whining about the designs of fictional characters complaining that Batgirl's tits are too big. In all honesty, the only time I ever even think about a comic book character's tits is when I hear a feminist bring it up. So I think maybe you're projecting. Why do you automatically assume that you won't like TV or movies that star a female lead? I don't. In fact, some of my favorite movies and TV shows have female leads. And I actually gotta fit in here too also. A lot of my favorite movies have female leads. Some of my favorite... Law and Order SVU. What's that? Law and Order. Law and Order SVU? Well, I was thinking more like, you know, Laura Croft, um... You want to talk about a show with a strong female lead? Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones, yes. Very okay. strong female leads. Very, yeah. I mean, the women there, most of them are portrayed as being very strong women. Mm. Even Arya Stark, Stark, the youngest oh, chick I there. Oh, I love Arya. She, she's a fucking kick-ass chick, oh, man. absolutely. So there you go. That's a, that's a kid I want my kid to grow yeah, up to be almost like. Almost all, there's very few guys. I don't know any guys that would bitch about a, bitch about a female lead in a movie. If the movie's good, well-written, well-defined characters... Who gives a shit whether it's a female in the lead or not? But, but why not bring this up now? Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder Woman, absolutely. That, I like Wonder starring Woman. the future Mrs. Cranky Bastard, <laughs> Gil Gadot. Uh, you know, there's, I believe it's uh, Lebanon has actually banned that movie because the lead movie star is an Israeli. 
Not because she's a woman, but because she's Israeli. Mm, that makes sense. But, I mean, it's being just as stupid as saying, oh, well, you don't like movies that have a strong female lead. I could stare at Wonder Woman for hours. Even the old Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. Oh, beautiful love woman. Love and Linda she Carter. showed just how strong a woman could be. Yep. Alright, roll it. I don't know a single man who has ever scoffed at the notion of watching a movie or a TV show just because as a female protagonist. However, I have seen feminists scoff at anything with a male lead. Why are you surprised when women are funny? I'm probably funnier than you. I'm not surprised when women are funny. There are plenty of funny women out there. Shoe on head, Pupinia, Stewart, etc. But I will say that, in general, women are not as funny as men. And I think most women will agree with that statement. I also think there's a reason for this. See, if you understand what humor is and how it works, which I'm guessing you don't because you're feminists, then you know that the things that make people laugh often have their roots in very dark subject matter. To quote the amazing atheist, These people who are fucking offended by rape jokes don't even understand humor. They don't under- they, they think of humor as like a happy thing because humor makes us laugh and laughter makes us happy. But a lot of the times they don't seem to notice that what we're actually laughing at is quite dark and morbid. Like if you actually look at it and examine the jokes and look at the exaggeration and try to figure out the mechanics of how the joke works, why does it work, you're gonna find that a lot of jokes have their genesis in pain and suffering. Because laughter is this great transcendent tool we have where we can take something that's, that's bitter and difficult to comprehend or deal with and make it something funny. Like if I take a joke like, how many police officers does it take to change a light bulb? None. They just beat the room for being black. You know, that joke has its genesis in some very serious, very dark shit. And that joke is not making light of the fact that people have suffered, or it's not making light of the fact that people, you know, marched in the civil rights movement, or, or that people are racially discriminated against, or police brutality. It's not making light of any of that. What it's doing is it's taking that pain, and it's taking that dark subject matter, and it's helping us transcend it for a moment, and view the absurdity of our circumstance. Because that is what humor is supposed to do. Humor at its best takes the elements of the world that are dark and horrible and shows you their absurdity. It shows you the absurdity of the human condition, and that is important. See, men are socially conditioned to not talk openly and honestly about their feelings, which I will talk more about later, and that's why we cultivate a sense of humor. The only way we can really talk about the things that upset us is if we do it through the filter of comedy. But women have the <clears throat> privilege to not be subject to such social conditioning. And so they don't feel the need to cultivate a sense of humor, and that's why women, in general, aren't as funny as men. That isn't to say that all men are funny, or that all women are unfunny. It's just that, in general, men are funnier than women. I'm sorry, but that's how it is. Also, no. I rather strongly doubt that you're funnier than me, and it's not because you're a woman. Just judging by how you look and talk, I'm willing to bet that your sense of humor boils down to saying something rude, and then following it with, just kidding. I mean, I'm not the funniest person in the world, but if you think of yourself as the funny one, you probably lack the objectivity to realize that everybody else in your circle of friends probably thinks of you as the annoying one. Just kidding. Actually, I'm not. Why do you think that we're obsessed with you when we hook up? Nine times out of ten, I just want you to leave too. I'm busy. I got shit to do. Probably because you do shit like text us 50 times in the space of one hour and slash our tires when we dump you after you accuse us of cheating because you saw our sister's name in our call history. Also, what shit could you possibly have to do? Pluck your eyebrows to the point where they're so unnaturally clean around the edges that they look like they're drawn on? Spend your husband's money on more frumpy sweaters? Buy a tub of Ben & Jerry's and watch Glee? Or write more inane questions for men to answer because you're so lacking in self-awareness that you can't figure out the answers for yourself? Why can't I sleep with as many people as I want to without being judged? When men do it, 
They're congratulated. Go ahead and sleep with as many people as you want. I don't give a shit. And once again, I don't know anybody who would. The only time I would care is if I was dating you, because if you told me you've been with 20 other guys before I met you, I would naturally assume that there was something wrong with you if you've been in so many relationships and had them all fail. Not to mention the fact that you're substantially more likely to be carrying an STD. And I think it's perfectly reasonable for a woman to view men who have slept with a lot of other women the same way. Also, who's congratulating men for sleeping around? I don't see any guys walking around with trophies for fucking everyone they've met. It's not like having sex with easy women is some kind of achievement. Furthermore, I would say that most media portrays men who do that as assholes who should be looked at with contempt. I mean, Glenn Quagmire isn't exactly portrayed as a model citizen. By the way, Good studies thing. have found that the majority of people who slut-shame women are other women. Alright. Let's wrap this one up here. Okay, well, first of all, do you know the difference between a slut and a bitch? No. A slut will fuck anyone, a bitch will fuck anyone but me. Oh, you must run into <laughs> a lot of bitches. Hey, I've slept with over a thousand women. And these oh, women... So you've got a lot of sluts. No, I don't care. Like, if a woman's had more sexual partners than I am, I expect that she Isn't knows she, what the fuck she's doing. She better know what she's doing by that time. Yeah. If she doesn't, man, she's really had some piss-poor dudes in her Who, If you're that concerned about how many partners your woman has slept with before you, then you've got some serious issues that you need to sort the fuck out. Oh, absolutely. Maybe she just enjoys sex. And, I mean, what's wrong with having a one-night stand? I've had them. You've had them. Oh yeah. I, well, I think most people. Okay. Have had well, a you you stand. you paid for your one night stands, but hey. No, I don't pay for my one night stands. I well, let's just face it. All men pay for sex in one form or another eventually. As do women. Yes. Well, sometimes. Yeah. All women. Yeah, well, Chris, I used to be a male escort. I know women pay for sex. Well, no, no, no. We're not talking about paying for a prostitute or an escort. We're, we're talking hey. about the we're talking about the underlying payment that is not directly attributed to it. And more often than not, men pay for it than women. My ex-wife paid for the divorce, so she paid for she for paid sex. for it in the end. Yeah, uh, there you go. Okay, let's roll forward here just a little bit further on this one. Then we're going to roll this one. We'll get a couple more questions out of this one. Then we're going to jump into another final subject here because we're running out of time and we had a technical difficulty that cost us a fair chunk of our show, unfortunately. So it'll still be fun, though. Talk to the asshole behind the keyboard well, over in the other desk. Sometimes it happens, man. You hit the wrong button. Maybe you should be directing works. this question at them and not men. Why do you consider a woman a tease if she doesn't sleep with you after three dates, but a slut if she sleeps with you on the first date? Why do you consider a man a douchebag if he doesn't call you back three days after he meets you, but desperate if he calls you the next day? In what world does no mean yes? No means no. I don't know anybody who thinks no means yes. Also, this question seems to be in the spirit of the feminist notion that all men are potential rapists, which simply isn't true. I already talked about this at length in my other video, Teach Men Not to Rape is Stupid Rhetoric. Moving on. Why do you say that women are too emotional to be leaders? Maybe if feminists argued with logic and evidence instead of feelings, people wouldn't think that. Then justify catcalling by saying men just can't control themselves. I have never heard a man say either. I have heard women say both though. Why do you think that just because you're nice to me, I owe you my body? Why do you think that just because I'm nice to you, that I want your body? Sometimes I've been walking down the street hysterically crying because my cat was missing, uh -huh. and a man came up and was like, Hey, what's up? Are you, why are you crying? Can I talk to you? Like, But I want to continue this. So when the guy came up to you and asked you how you were doing, 
Did you judge his intention or do you feel like he... Or I was did like, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm wait. hysterically crying holding flyers that say missing cat. Wait, what if he was checking how you were doing because you were crying? No, he was. it was a cat call. It was like a, hey, pretty lady, like, what's going on? Yeah. You what get if in my he was truck. trying to be sweet to get into you? Like, hey, pretty lady, why are you crying? That's not he's, the right not time, enti- he's not entitled to my time, honestly. <laughs> he's not entitled to my time. This, this is a subject that I think is absolutely bullshit. What is wrong with paying somebody a compliment? Nothing's wrong with paying them a compliment. What's wrong with walking up to some woman on the street who's crying and asking her some questions? Yeah. She Are you okay? Say the dude came up and tried hitting on her. Yeah. He came up and started asking her, you know, hey, lady, what's up? You know, is it? Yesterday, yeah. I, I was out with my family. A friend of ours, some was graduating. They asked me to come take pictures. I took pictures. One of the girls damn near passed out. I went over and I handed her some water. Do you need some water? Do you need something to eat? And you would have thought from her father's reaction that I was trying to bed this fucking teenage girl. Yeah, well, that's the problem. It's so hard to actually be someone that gives a shit about other people. Yes. You know, I was worried that she wasn't feeling well. I offered her water. I offered her something to eat. The guy later came up and apologized and said, thank you very much for being concerned about my daughter, you know. But, I mean... People, there are people out there that do nice things for nice reasons, just, you, you know, to help their fellow beings. So if some guy comes up to you and says, hey, are you okay? It doesn't mean he's trying to get into your fucking pants. Yeah, just like true. if some chick comes up to you and says, excuse me, but can you help me change my tire? It doesn't mean that she wants you to take her and fuck her in the backseat of the car afterwards. Next point. All right, next one up. If not said anything to you, then he's a dick because he's a guy in society who saw a girl crying and didn't do anything. But I under, but it's a different. If he's saying that to get my number, that's different than a, him coming up and saying, "What's wrong? If I see your cat around, I'll let you know." Like that's a different thing. How is he gonna know about your cat? He saw a girl crying on the street. Well, it was just I was hanging up so a flyer. Now is when that if happened. I ever see a girl crying on the street and she's hysterical <laughs> and she might have just lost her parents and has nobody, I shouldn't go up to her because she, she doesn't think I'm know you. Her. She doesn't know you. But we're humans. We should care about each other. Of course, of course. But and I think you have to understand what you come off as to women. They don't know you. It's like if a brown bear came up and said hello to you. Like you just <laughs> have to. Like, why would you ever send an unsolicited dick pic? I wouldn't. If you didn't give out your phone number to the types of guys you meet in nightclubs, you know, the type of guys who go to such clubs for the specific purpose of meeting women and who read books about how to be a pickup artist, maybe you wouldn't be getting dick pics from them. Why do you feel like it's okay to harass women or make offensive comments about women, but when somebody does it to your sister, it's not okay? Why do you feel like it's okay to make these misandric videos which paint all men as sexual harassers and rapists, but when somebody treats your son that way, it's not okay. How does it feel to interrupt me when I'm in the middle of making a point during a meeting? You make it sound like the only people who have ever interrupted you are men. I smell confirmation bias. Hey, have you ever stopped to think that maybe people interrupt you because they realize you're talking shit and wasting time after only two sentences? Why do you have to sit with your legs so wide open? I get that you have balls, but I don't stand around with my arms wide open to make room for my boobs. Maybe that's because your boobs don't get squished between your arms when you stand normally with your arms down by your sides. A man's balls are literally between his legs, and they do get squished if he puts his legs together. It's not exactly an apt comparison. Furthermore, why do you even care? Not so you complain about women taking up two seats with their bags. Why are women perceived as the weaker sex, even though we literally birth you? Like watermelons? through like this. Because physical strength has nothing to do with your ability to give birth. Women are, generally speaking, not as physically strong as men. 
The average man has about 50% greater upper body strength than the average woman. I'm sorry, but that's just simple biology. There's also the fact that men are, by and large, the ones who go to war and fight and die to protect you. Men are the ones who work the dangerous jobs which make your comfortable lifestyle in the industrialized world possible. And historically, men are also the ones who have gone out into the unforgiving wilderness to kill dangerous animals so ungrateful entitled women like you could eat. You, as a woman, are substantially less likely to die during your daily activities, and you don't have to worry about being called a deadbeat for not risking life and limb in a factory or field for the benefit of others. Nor do you have to worry about being told you don't have a real job because you work with computers or push pencils in a safe, clean environment. Women work soft, cushy jobs compared to men, and that's why women make up only 7% of workplace fatalities despite making up 47% of the workforce. That is why you are perceived as the weaker sex. If you don't want people to see you that way, then get out of your comfortable air-conditioned studio and go work on a crabbing boat or a coal mine. You're always complaining about employment discrimination, so go ahead, take the dirty, dangerous jobs and show us all just how strong and tough you are. And look, I don't begrudge women for working jobs that don't put them in danger, and I will freely admit that my job isn't particularly dangerous. But if you're going to sit there and act like women are stronger than men just because you can give birth, something which you have a 0.0002% chance of dying from if you live in the United States, and that's up from 15 years ago, then you can fuck right off. By the way, passing a kidney stone hurts more than giving birth. Any woman who has experienced both will tell you that, and men get them more often, so blow me. Why is it so bad to show your emotions? It means you're human. Maybe it's because feminists like you tell us we're misogynists for even daring to complain about our problems. Since you're not a man and you don't have even the slightest inkling of what it's like to be a man, let me spell it out for you. Boys are socially conditioned from the day we learn to talk to not express our feelings. We are brought up constantly being told to man up and that boys don't cry. We don't have the privilege of showing our emotions because if we do, it is seen as a sign of weakness. To put it simply, us men are programmed to believe that our own feelings are invalid, and so we hide them and we lie about them. We are raised to expect that if we tell you our feelings, you will shoot them down. You will tell us we're wrong for feeling the way we do, and even if you don't, we still don't want to tell you our feelings because we know you'll use them against us. You're probably thinking that you don't do that, but you do. You do it all the time and don't even realize it. Ask yourself if you have ever had an argument with one of the men in your life and you told them if you were a real man, if you ever have, then you have done exactly what I'm talking about. See, no woman has ever been told if you are a real woman, you wouldn't feel this way. Women have their feelings cultivated and coddled. You're not only allowed to cry, you're... Coming, coming away. Okay, so if you were a real man, you wouldn't do this. It, you know, what the fuck is a real man? That's What's a, your definition of a real man? I What's my a, definition of a real man? It'll vary from people to people, but what you ask any woman out there? What's your definition of a real man? Okay, now there. I once had a girl say to me, "If you were a real gentleman, you wouldn't be doing this." And I said to her, if you were a real lady, you wouldn't be talking with your mouth full. <laughs> Go. Yeah, well, that's uh, definitely a that's definitely a problem in society as a whole. Yeah. So, at any rate, we're gonna skip we're gonna we're gonna skip through and just uh, shut this one down here. And uh, I want to move on to one subject we want to cover before we uh, close this out. And this one's all tits. All no, it's not tits. Oh, not today. we we should talk for a couple hours about tits. We. I can't talk for about a couple hours about tits. Maybe five, ten tits. minutes. You've seen one, you've seen them both. You've seen one, you've seen them both. <laughs> you know, you've seen different sizes. They're, yeah. they're tits, man. They're fun to play with. They're enjoyable. They make motorboat sounds. I mean, what else, you know? It's like... <laughs> there you go. I mean, come on. It's the, it's the dumbest thing in the world. Most women will laugh when you motorboat their tits. Did you know that? Yes, they will. <laughs> okay, so next. All right. What are we going to cover next? 
building uh, a website. Need to drop this out here. Let's bring up uh, what we're going to do is we're going to touch on the rape culture real briefly before we move into. When did words get gendered? I guess right around the time the word feminist the, was invented, uh, which is itself of, uh, a gendered word. I mean, the invention of. Stop, 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 you stupid thing. Try this one more time. Stupid thing is not doing exactly what it's supposed to do. <laughs> Gotta love it when everything. Oh, I can make a really misogynistic joke about that. You sure your computer's not a woman? Yeah. Oh! You never know. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> sex, sex, sex. The boys are marching. Okay. <laughs> This is a subject that is in the feminist repertoire about the rape culture. It has made its rounds several times. Gamergate comes to mind. M numerous other areas about the so-called rape culture we live in. The fact that it's unsafe to be on college campuses for women. But it's all very good. Now the information here, this is all thanks to the No Agenda podcast. They are wonderful at media assassination. You should check them out at the No Agenda show. But uh, I'm going to be using some material from them to save some time. So we'll take it away here. Sure. Uh, okay, this will be a teaser for Sunday, people. Pay attention. Uh, Occidental University. Imagine yourself being judged by people under the influence of Professor Danielle Dirks. That's a real person. She's an anti-male ideologue who calls herself a feminist and who has told New York Magazine, for example, that most male college students, quote, are calculated predators who seem like nice guys, but they're not nice guys, end quote, most. That's like the definition of an anti-male ideologue, I'd say. Mm. Danielle Dirks persuaded a first-year Occidental student to complain to the college's sex bureaucrats that she had been raped because she had been somewhat drunk and because the guy with whom she had drunken sex fit the profile of other campus rapists. The guy fit the profile, Dirks explained to the first-year woman, because of certain traits. He had a high GPA in high school, strike one. He was his class valedictorian, strike two. He was on a sports team, strike three. And he was from a good family, you're out. That was the definition of a rape profile subject by this professor. The evidence showed clearly that the sex was consensual. The young woman had expressed eagerness for sex in text messages, the details of which we have, including one message making sure that the guy had a condom before she went to join him in his room for sex. Hmm. She made no allegation that he'd used force, no allegation that she said no, no allegation that she said stop or tried to get away. Nonetheless, an Occidental panel found the guy guilty and he was expelled. The sole basis for the guilty finding was that the accuser had been drunk, which of course did not make the accused male a criminal. His drunkenness was deemed irrelevant. Wow, I can't wait for this. That's going to be great. Me. The guy's life was ruined, by the way. He also was in possession of one other. All right, so that's the teaser bit. That's before we get into the meat and potatoes of this piece here. And this is what's happening on college campuses across North America, not just the U.S., where this is it. And for information of where this information came from, this actually came from C-SPAN. You know what C-SPAN is, right? Yes, I do. Okay, this was a Senate hearing at C-SPAN where this information would come from. That was a senator up there speaking, <laughs> talking. So this is not ill-informed information. This is good, solid information. 
that is talking about it. And it's talking about what is happening on these feminist-controlled college campuses. Well, you know, I can speak from experience that a woman just has to cry, cry rape. It can be completely baseless. And that's the problem. And it fucks a guy's life up. And as soon as you're investigated for it, it shows up on a criminal record check. That's right. You don't even have to go to court. The case can be dismissed, and it will show up on your criminal record check. Do these women get charged? No. Rarely. No. It's it happens, not worth it. It happens once in a um, 10,000. And do you know why it doesn't? Because it's too much fucking hassle, and the yeah. ca cases can be thrown out, and it's given the chick just what they want. But they, they want more contact with that guy no matter what, Yes. And this is how they're doing it. No, I'm not saying that every woman that cries rape is doing it to fuck up a guy's life. It is a small percentage. But unfortunately, those women are out there. Now, let's talk about that fucking swimmer down in the States who raped the drunk girl and got fucking, what, three months, was it, if that? Yeah. He got a fucking slap on the wrist because it might screw up his future. Well, if he hadn't fucking raped a girl who was passed out then he wouldn't have to worry about it. If and he was a fucking man... And sometimes they do it wrong when they have all the proof in the world. Yeah. And that's and the problem. Just because a guy carries condoms does not mean he's going to fuck you. Does not mean he's looking to get fucked. He's being prepared. Yep. All right, so we're going to move on to the next segment. And this segment takes a little bit longer to go through, and we'll stop and pause it here and there in it. The teased package and segment you have been preparing for us. Yes, we have a segment on campus rape written by a guy who wrote a book, and uh, which I mentioned in the last show. I have to find my notes to find the guy's name and anything, but we'll get to it. I'll look it up while we're doing this. But the campus rape story began with a teaser that we ran uh, about how these, this guy was railroaded by a gender studies uh, professor mm -hmm. uh, at Occidental. And this... The guy doing the thesis says that it's the gender gender studies, mostly women um, professors that are behind a lot of this, where, where apparently everybody's being raped constantly in the schools. And we'll get to the one what's called the one in five myth, which is that one in five women on the college campus is been sexually assaulted, mm -hmm. which this guy proves to be bullcrap. But let's go to part two of that tease that we played on the last show. This campus rate teaser two Duke which, of course, did not make the accused male a criminal. His drunkenness was deemed irrelevant. He tried to transfer to another school after being expelled, but his acceptance was rescinded because of Occidental's decision. He's now suing Occidental, and I hope he'll win. Now imagine yourself at Duke University, home of the infamous Duke lacrosse rape fraud of 2006, which was mentioned, in which the university's president, the administration, much of the faculty and the media formed themselves into a guilt-presuming, rush-to-judgment mob, bent on ruin the live, ruining the lives of three innocent young lacrosse players who were falsely accused of a brutal gang rape that later was proved to be a total invention. Eleven years later, the fates of, the accused, of, accused, of any accused Duke students are in the hands of people such as Sheila Broderick, Duke's, quote, gender violence intervention services coordinator, end quote. Ms. Broderick has asserted that if campus disciplinary panels, and I'm quoting again, say he's not responsible, 
Do you and I know that he's responsible? And that's at the end of the day all that really matters, end quote. In other words, according to this powerful Duke official, all males accused by females are guilty, no matter what the evidence. We'll pause that there for a moment. Yeah, so much for being guilty until proven innocent. It's not like that anymore. You're guilty as soon as somebody suggests As soon as any woman, because according to them, men can't be raped, but... <laughs> Bullshit. But as soon as any woman makes an accusation of rape, they're just automatically accused, or automatically assumed to be guilty. And there's many of these professors and many of the feminists out there that say that a woman should just automatically be believed without any proof whatsoever. You know, just automatic, no matter what happens. And this, and it does, it destroys men's lives. Mm -hmm. It destroys many men's lives. And the figures on it are ludicrous when it goes. You know, some of the feminists talk about, oh, there's only a 2 to 8% uh, false accusation rate. But then there's a... 60% of rapes never go to trial or anything, and it could be that some of them are false, it could be that some of them just lack evidence, it could be any numerous things. Hey, remember that whenever a man's accused of rape, he's accused of the most heinous crime possible. Yep. And just the accusation destroys his life. Literally. It, it, it makes him ineligible for anything that requires a criminal records background check. All these things happen. Yep. Forward. And then you... On the other side of the coin, though, you do have these guys who rape women, who rape children, and get away scot-fucking-free. They do. And unfortunately, you know, that happens, and it really sucks that it does, but it should be, the owner should be on investigating first, laying charges when there's enough proof. Yes. Not this laying charges, then investigating it. Yes. That's what happens in today's society. Yes. You're, you're charged first, investigated afterwards. Yes, they should have the proof first. So let's roll forward tomorrow. The University of Wyoming has an interesting official definition of sexual assault in its disciplinary code. Quote, anything less than voluntary, sober, enthusiastic, verbal, non-coerced, continual, active, and honest consent <laughs> is sexual assault. All right. So you before, mean... Before we get into this one, so... Have you ever had a bad sexual experience? <laughs> Have you met your ex-wife? Right. So, by this definition here, if, you know, partway through, suddenly you're no longer really into it, or you're suddenly, it's like, oh, man, what did I do? All of a sudden, you committed sexual assault because you failed to be up there and at them the whole bloody time. Plus, by this definition here, you need a bloody written verbal contract. Um, written verbal contract, eh? Yeah, written verbal contract <laughs> co-signed by three um, notary publics stating that... Who have to be female. Who have to be female, yes. that Stating that, yes, you have agreed to sex. Yes. You know, the more you think about it, the more I like the Hutterite way of doing things. Mm. They pay men to come in and knock their daughters up. Because their their gene pool is not that fucking deep. So they have these guys, and they pay you to go in and you knock their daughters up. Meanwhile, mom's sitting in the room to make sure that she's not enjoying it. And to make sure that you're performing at peak capacity. Okay? I mean, they're... You've got the girl's fucking mom as a witness now. Okay? Yeah, he couldn't get it up, so charge him with rape. <laughs> All right, let's, let's roll this one forward some more. 
Oh, man. By that standard, having sex even after clear assent that is less than enthusiastic, nonverbal, or not quite continual, or apparently enthusiastic, but later said to be insincere, is by definition sexual assault. Boom shakalaka. What do you mean premature? I got some on you. This guy is Stuart Taylor, and the book is The Campus Rape Frenzy. An attack on due process at America's universities. Was this on C-SPAN? This uh, particular yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Where else am I going to get this? Yeah. So uh, one of the things that was brought up. Was, <laughs> wait, 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 let me get this straight. So if if I underperform, and it's not all that great. If it's not yeah. great, great, it's rape. rape. <laughs> yeah. If it's not great, it's rape. Damn. Yeah, it's not great. That's the option. Okay. Speak, that, uh, that's that's the new slogan for the uh, for the. Uh, 20, 20, 2010s. If it's not great, it's rape. Oh, God. You're, then you better not get laid until after the 2020, okay? <laughs> that right. way the pendulum will have swung the other way. It's already going that way. But anyway, let's, go to, uh, let's go to the one to five myth. Uh, this, will be ca- this is what you want is campus rape one to five myth one. Now, this isn't to deny, I should add that rape is a serious problem on campus. There are real rapes. There are lots of them. There are way too many of them. But the scare that we're seeing... Okay, record. Okay, so go ahead. So, before we go much further into this, you know, everybody, men and women, should be prepared. If they're going to have sex, they think they might have sex. I mean, women women know beforehand when they're getting dressed. Whether they're going to get laid or not? Yeah. Oh, women always know. Because the they, man, they dress. He, he doesn't get, know. Yeah. Guys don't know. Guys hope they do when they go out to pick up a girl. But I'm not putting the onus on men or women here. Everyone should be prepared. That, if that means you carry a condom, then you're being smart. You're being prepared. You're being safe. But now, if you carry a condom, well, then you're preparing to rape the girl. Which is basically what they, they're saying. Yes. You know? If you're prepared for sex, if you go to the drugstore and buy a, a box of condoms, well, then, hell, you bought you bought a 12-pack, man. You must be expected to rape, rape five, six, seven women. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's roll this forward some more. And the remedies are not going to solve that problem. The resulting system of oppression rests on a foundation of statistical myths, lies, to put it more directly, about the incidence of of rape on campuses and the claim that nearly all accused males are guilty. Most widely repeated, you've probably heard this, is the statistical myth that one in five college women is sexually assaulted while there. That's a staggering number, outrageously and irresponsibly trumpeted by former President Obama, Vice President Biden, and many others. In fact, the best available crime statistics compiled by the Federal Bureau of Justice Statistics indicate that about one in a hundred college women is raped and another one or two in a hundred is subjected to a lesser sexual assault while there. Way too many. A serious problem, but a tenth the scope of the problem that the media are trumpeting. Yeah, now he goes on with part two. I don't, we don't need to comment too much. The media, he mentions, is trumpeting, and they do. 
if that number were true, if one in five were true, it would make college campuses the most dangerous places for women in the country, more dangerous than, say, Detroit or the other cities that rank highest in in the crime scales. Even about as dangerous as combat zones like eastern Germany after World War II when the Russians came through, where rape was used as a weapon of war. In short, the one in five number is absurd. Yeah. Okay. It's not only absurd, but this is a this kind of leads to this little, little kicker, which I needed to get. I didn't have it on the last list, which is listen to this campus rape uh, studies and surveys. Okay, hold on a second. Got it. This myth proceeds from highly misleading, indeed fraudulent, surveys by prestigious establishment yes. institutions, such as the Association of American Universities. It's a long story why they want to exaggerate this, but they do. A uh, survey in 2015 and a Washington Post-Kaiser Family Foundation survey in 2015. These surveys studiously avoid asking students whether they have been raped or sexually assaulted. Why don't they ask? Because they know the vast majority would say no, and that's not the answer they want. So they ask questions such as, have you ever had sex when you were drunk? And if the answer is yes, they check it off as a rape. Oh, man. Or have you ever been subjected to unwanted sexual, to unwanted forced kissing? Kissing. Every yes is checked off as a sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, Hold on. I think that's, I think that's correct. If you didn't want to be kissed and someone's forcing himself on you, that's sexual. Hold that one there for a second and uh, talk about that a little bit for a moment, because that that could be construed no unwanted for, unwanted kissing. But what construes unwanted forcing kissing? Before we get there, well, if you go in to kiss a girl and she turns her head away, that's pretty clear indication. Yeah, but that's a clear. But indication. if she turns back to you and but kisses you, then she's so, consenting suppose, to the suppose kiss. Suppose you got someone that you're an acquaintance with or whatever, and you're one of those kiss kiss, you know, like the French do. Yeah, sort of thing. That's kind of an unwanted kiss. Only because the French stink. Well, that's not what I'm getting at. Anyway, but by these definitions here, almost everybody yep. is a rapist. Well, let's roll this one forward some more. Assault? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, well, I do. Okay, well, good. If somebody comes up and they give, give you that old kiss on the cheek, that's sexual assault too? Or somebody gives you a hug? No, no, and you don't like to hug people. That's a sexual assault. That's the way these. I didn't say go. that. I didn't say that. No, I know, but you, what you're doing is you're you're already kind of giving in to I'm the not, nonsense. I'm not of giving the in. I'm not giving in. I'm making just stating an opinion. I'm not giving in to anything. I know, no, but I'm saying you are part of the problem. No bullshit. You know, you know, Rolling Stone is the one that made this a problem. They're the ones that came out with that complete bullcrap story, blew up in their face. They completely yeah, he discusses being a, that. Yeah, they get a they get a pass as far as I'm concerned. I'm just saying. Right. They got a pass, is what you're saying. Yeah, they got a you pass. Don't say that, you're not saying, as far as I'm concerned, they get a pass. Okay. And fuck me. Let's go. More. Next. Campus rape and free speech. This one you'll like. <laughs> I'm sure. Given the procedural rules that I'm about to discuss, your college education is doomed if you find yourself facing an accusation, really, of any kind. One more example, this one involving the Obama Education Department's redefinition of what was once free speech as sexual harassment. (laughs) These fields seem like two fields, the free speech problem and the due process problem, but they tie together tightly. it's a, a very, you know, sexual harassment by free speech is a very frequent accusation in higher education today. 
in what the Obama administration hailed as a, quote, blueprint for colleges and universities throughout the country, end quote. It got the University of Montana, it sort of flailed them, to pledge to investigate as sexual harassment any speech of a sexual nature that any other student claims was unwelcome. Now, speech of a sexual nature, according to the government, uh, covers everything from talk in the realm of sexual intimacy or anything at all about the nature of women and men, even if it has nothing to do with sexual intimacy. For example, an assertion that women as well as men often tell lies is speech, quote, of a sexual nature, end quote, oh. to these uh, campus and government bureaucrats. Under the Obama blueprint, such an unwelcome statement would be sexual harassment even if, quote, an objectively reasonable person of the same gender in the same situation would not find it offensive. Sorry if I seem to quote too much, but sometimes when you see the spin they're putting on ordinary English usage, a quote seems mandatory. A word about what it does to an innocent young man to be smeared, railroaded, and expelled from a college as a rapist, or even just for things he's accused of saying. I've interviewed a few such young men and a lot of their parents about the horrors. Not only are they expelled, they cannot get admitted to another college they would want to go to. Their job prospects are under a cloud. Their reputations are in ruins at their colleges and often beyond. In some cases, their lives have been ruined. Oof. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were calling it the deal. So, basically, what they're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is if a pretty girl walks by, and I'm reading a paper that I just got an F on, and I went, fuck me, and she goes, you're sexually assaulting me. Exactly. You got that right. <laughs> you don't even have to be talking about you her. You don't have to be talking to her. Yeah. That's Jesus that's actually, fucking actually, Christ. The internet is full of examples like that. Of social justice warrior women, not feminazis or whatever you want to call them, where the dude just goes, Hi. <laughs> and all of a sudden she goes off on him, flipping out all over him, accusing him of harassing her and sexually harassing her for nothing more than saying hi. There's loads of videos and in, in YouTube on that one. Oh, I, I believe it. But I mean, he, it's gotten so bad with all this political correctness and these snowflakes out there that when you say, oh, fuck me. Yeah, that's right. You know, it, you're sexually assaulting me. You're verbally sexually assaulting me. You don't have to be talking to her. Yeah. All you have to do is be within earshot. And that's when I turn around and say, well, you looked at me and I found that offensive and I felt threatened and I'm going to lay charges of rape against you because you looked at me. Oh, good luck with that because you're male. You got yeah. a penis, man. You're screwed. Yeah. I, I, or in this or case, not, or you're not screwed. Exactly. All right. Let's roll this up because we're coming up on the end of it. Obama administration wrote up something called the blueprint. That's that yeah. has that's very very nefarious. Right, especially if you could say, well, you know, women or a joke about women driving. Well, we we know, we talked about this a long time ago and throughout the throughout the history of the show. Um, when I ran uh, my public company, there were people downstairs waiting for women to leave the building, and they would say, hey, did anyone uh, say you look nice today, your hair's pretty, or you like your outfit, which, by the way, is something Adam does. Uh, a lot. A lot. 
and which I refuse to stop because I I believe in complimenting people of so both far. sexes. Yeah, yeah. I, but you know, we would get lawsuits exactly for the amount that uh, our you know officers and directors insurance DNO insurance was uh, was set for. Sure. And uh, th- you know, this was and this was just for talking for just saying stuff. It's all sexual harassment. It's very bad. Yeah. Just, well, it's not getting any better. <laughs> no, Let's no. go with campus rape current conditions summary. This will be a good overview. Uh, okay. Accused students get no right to an impartial decision maker, but rather face extremely biased campus sex bureaucrats who need to appease the federal bureaucrats to keep their jobs. It's like having a criminal jury of all extreme anti-male ideologues masquerading as opponents of sex discrimination and facing some penalty if they fail to convict. Convict. The so-called training of these bureaucrats and other decision makers often includes instructions that say or imply that almost all accused males are guilty, along the lines of Sheila Broderick at Duke. A single sex bureaucrat often acts as investigator, prosecutor, judge, and jury. In many cases, colleges are dispensing with hearings altogether. Almost all accused students have no right to be represented by a lawyer in campus proceedings. They are often not allowed to see or hear the specific allegations. They often have no right to see any of the evidence, including evidence of innocence. Kafka would be familiar with this system. There's no ability to compel witnesses or to use scientific evidence. Accused students are judged under specially, especially, I'm sorry, special, extremely broad def- redefinitions of rape, sexual assault, and consent. All this reinforces a campus climate of presuming the guilt of all accused males. That yep. climate is created by university bureaucrats and leaders, by many professors, especially gender studies, by student activists and many oh, other student, and many student governments and newspapers these days, by the national and local news media, and even by some state governments, as well as by the federal government under Obama. Now, when your son hears this kind of stuff, and I know it comes up at the dinner table, if it hasn't, it will. How does he feel as a as a, a straight white young male in in this America? JC Buzz Jr. Yeah, he got married as fast as he could. I didn't say he was gay I, I, or a no. He single. got married. It's fa- I didn't say he was gay. I said he got married. Yeah, what does it have to do with anything? Well, that's what you do. That's how you get out of a, you, this this structure. Oh, that's interesting. So when you get married, then it stops. Well, I mean, once you're married, this, this is, you've been, I think your partnership will you've been captured. getting involved in this you're, sort of thing. You're under watch. You've been captured. There's a woman looking over you. Well, something like that, maybe. But all I know is that there's nothing that he's dealt with. Hmm. Uh, this, is, this is distressing. It's very distressing. Only two more clips of Nina Bush. I like it, yeah. We'll do the campus rate uh, rape rate notation. Right now? Yes. Another that. Yeah. Demonstrably false myth is that college campuses are the most dangerous places in the country for young women. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, for one, has stated that. In fact, young women on campuses are safer from sexual violence than young women, typically less prosperous young women, living elsewhere, according to the same Bureau of Justice statistics. Although you would have trouble finding any acknowledgement of this in the news media. 
Still another falsehood stated by Hillary Clinton and by Obama aide Valerie Jarrett, among many others, is that the campus rape problem is a spreading epidemic. Uh, epidemic suggests growing, right? More and more of this. In fact, the Bureau of Justice Statistics found that from 1997 to 2013, the whole period before and just after uh, this Obama initiative, the campus rape rate plunged by more than half. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't care about the facts. No, why would we do that? <laughs> That's ridiculous. So we might as well wrap it with the campus rape end story. One more real case. Amherst expelled a male student, I'll call him Joe, based on a claim by a female student, I'll call her Anna, in October 2013 that he had forced her to perform oral sex more than 20 months before. The reality was that she had assaulted him, or at least seduced him, by performing oral sex when he was blackout drunk in her room. This was undisputed. We're going to leave this. <laughs> you notice they cut him off. Yeah. Cut him off just as he was getting to another mm. really good piece. <laughs> yeah. Well, you so, know, I know you know this story. Yeah. Um, but before I tell the story, I want to say, you know, you can't even open a door for people now. Uh, uh, feminists take great offense if you hold the door open for them. They do. If you sit there and you wait, and then I can hold my own door open. Well, you know, I was brought up with manners that if you see someone coming and they close behind you, you hold the door open for them, despite whether they're male, female, black, white, oriental, fucking purple, I don't care. Yeah. It's called manners. But now I want to get to the story, and I've told you this, where, with my second wife, where we lived, we lived out in the country, and the farmer across the street from us, every year would put his sheep in the field next to us. And he told us, like, they like these things for treats. And the sheep got used to us coming home and giving them treats. Yeah. After my ex and I split up, went to uh, pick up the kids one day, and the sheep came up. They heard the card. They came up running to the fence, and I turned to them and said, Hi, girls, and my ex-wife turned around and said, Yeah, I thought you'd be happy to see them in a very sarcastic way. <laughs> so I said, Yeah, well, they were a better fuck than you ever were. And she goes, Well, what do you mean by that? I said, You were a dead fuck. You know what she did? Mm. She fucking had me charged with uttering death threats. Mm. I had to go in front of the judge, the divorce judge, who was... A woman and explain to her in front of everybody what I meant by the term dead fuck. Mm -hmm. So I said, Your Honor, she was like a starfish. By the term dead fuck, I mean that she was like a starfish in bed. She just kind of laid there with her arms and legs spread out, didn't moan, do anything, hence the term dead fuck. Now the entire courtroom is in fits of laughter. The bailiff is laugh laughing. The court reporter, you can tell with that thing up on her face, she's got this big Big ass grin on her face. She's laughing. The judge is trying hard to not not to laugh, and she said, "So you weren't threatening her?" I said, "No, I was making more of a common commentary on her sexual prowess, <laughs> lack of prowess." Anyway, yeah. So anyway, that there I thought was an interesting story to bring forward. And, it is, and deal with because it's something that is happening today more so than it's been in the last few years, and it's getting worse on college campuses. Males on college campuses have really got it rough in some aspects. And the sad thing is, is that now there's more women. There's 65% women on campuses now over men, which means that there's less of the men out there on campus. And this chases more of them away from colleges. But, you know, if you want to open up a male-only campus, 
they'd be screaming sexual discrimination. Oh, absolutely. If, and if he said, well, we're doing it so that these boys don't get accused of rape, well, then teach them not to rape. Yeah, well, it's, that's like a pointless thing. Teach them not to rape. But come on, it's... We, and that's the problem of the feminists is they believe all oh, men are born to rape. Well, men aren't born to rape. They don't want to rape. It's like teach, teach someone not to steal cars. It's like there's always going to be a few degenerates in the world. We just can't get around that. Rape is not about sex. No, it's not. Rape is about power. It's not even about power. It's about control. It's about... Um, power. It's about, sometimes it's about their, their need over something else. It's, sometimes it's not even about power and control. Sometimes it's just degeneracy. And these same women who are bitching about it are the same ones bitching about the sex trade. Oh, Le absolutely. No, we shouldn't have prostitutes. In countries <clears throat> where prostitution is legal and regulated by the government, they've got less uh, cases of sexual assault. Mm, yeah, I can see that. And you look at Holland, if you look at the statistics, and... This is where I've become a hypocrite because 97% of statistics are made up. But studies have shown in countries where prostitution is legalized and regulated, there's far less sexual assaults happening. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap up the cranky old bastard here today. And we're going to wrap it up with something that will just stick in your head and be stuck there forever. So have fun with this. Let's get to And thanks a lot to the No Agenda Show for providing all that great stuff for us. We greatly appreciate it. That's all we got for you now. Take before, care. Before we go, I just have one thing to say. All right. Allah <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> You're a dick. <laughs> of course I am.